0: Hi there, and welcome to the Life Saving Gratitude Podcast. This is Bunny Terry, and I'm joined by my co-host and producer, Johanna Medina. And this week, we are talking to Brigitte. Brigitte came to us through um, an unexpected channel, through a group called Podmatch, but her profile looked so much like somebody that I knew our listeners would love that we booked her. And she is an NLP, a neuro-linguistic programming expert, but she's also um, a parent. And she is um, an immigrant. She moved here from Germany. Um, she had a dream of starting a, a Montessori school. And where she lived in Berlin, it just wasn't going to be possible. She's she's kind of frank about um, living in a place where the mindset is negative um i found her fascinated what did you think johanna
1: i wasn't able to be on this episode just because of scheduling stuff but when i i had actually talked to brigida before when we were scheduling her and she seemed like such an interesting person and really you know uh, a ray of light and but also very business-minded and so i was really excited to go back and edit her Episode and listen to what you guys talked about. But um, I liked, you know, everything she was saying about kind of different parenting styles and teaching methods, too, uh, as well as just like kind of the life lessons she gives. But I think that this is a good episode, too, to kind of uh, a good companion with Erin Huey's episode because just some similar concepts there. But uh, yeah, Brigida was definitely an interesting guest and someone again, that hopefully we'll get to meet someday in person.
0: Oh, that'd be great. And I do want to have her back. One of the things that, I mean, we talked about a lot of different things, but one of the things that I took away from this, being in business myself, is that at one point in her Montessori school, she says after the first two or three years, she she was paying for people to get the Montessori training, which is very expensive. And yet her teachers... Even though she was offering this huge benefit, we're leaving after a short period of time, and she was like, "No, no, no! I'm, I'm, I'm giving you all these benefits. I'm providing this great place to work." She said, "I had to take a step back and look at what the common denominator was, and it was me." And she's really forthright about um, the fact that she's still learning all the time that she finds life and business really fascinating. But she also, we talked a lot about how it's not failure if you don't quit. Mm -hmm. That moving forward is always key. And, um, you know, knowing what your goal is in the end, but still taking time to figure out how to do business correctly, how to surround yourself with the right people. We talked about, um, you know, that idea that, um, if you're not if you don't have a model or if you're not being a model, then um, y- you're missing out. You're you're not um, growing in a way that will serve you in your community.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys, your conversation just flowed so well. I, mean, I really didn't have much editing to do on this one at all. I didn't really cut anything or have to, you know, sometimes I have to cut out. Dead space, but you guys just you had such a um, an easy conversation, you know. And even when she's talking about some new concepts to us, like the NLP, uh, neuro linguistic programming, which is something I don't think either of us had ever heard of before. <laughs> I definitely had to look it up. But um, had you heard of it before? I I had, and and, and I'm going to tell you, I've
0: a lot of people in Keller Williams are familiar with um, NLP, but I've also um, not been a hundred percent positive about it only because i've seen it used um as sort of a manipulation tool and i'm sure i'm going to get some blowback from stating that but um, i actually had (laughs) when i first
1: looked it up i was all what is this is this a cult (laughs) well it (laughs) It kind of was like totally weird to
0: me but worked for me once who had had some bad performance issues and when i when i said when i was a little confrontational about those she tried to use nlp to manipulate me into thinking that um listen i'm going to own that that we both had some issues in that working relationship but she used nlp to um Try to talk to me about my failings. And I was sort of like, you know, we're having a conversation. The language I'm using is not to be used against me when we're having a conversation about what works best for business in terms of you and me. But And so I had a little bit of, uh, of hesitation. And yet it's obvious that Brigitte is an expert it's not, she didn't, she hasn't dabbled in it. She understands the importance. And yet I can't imagine her ever using that training to manipulate anyone for any purpose. She was really, as you said, a a ray of light and had some really good hands on advice, especially for parents. Didn't you think?
1: Yes. Yes. I thought her, her parenting, uh, like you said, advice, but kind of her style, uh, was, was really uh, the biggest thing that I took from it for sure.
0: Right. Right. And I, so this is, this is one of those episodes that's, that's really amazing in terms of mindset, Mm -hmm. in terms of business. If you're managing people, you're going to want to listen to this. And, um, I'm, I'm excited that we've, that Brigitte agreed to be on the show, that we were able to book her and that you're going to get to hear, the tips that she provides.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's a great guest and I can't wait till we can have her back and continue the conversation.
0: Right, so I'll just say you know, thank you to all of you who are tuning in, who are downloading. Our numbers continue to grow every month and we're excited by our reviews. And we just ask that you follow us and review us and like us wherever you find your favorite podcast. And thanks for checking in. We're here today with somebody, I'm, I'm so excited to visit with Brigitte. Brigitte herfully did I say that correctly? That okay. is
2: absolutely correct.
0: <laughs> nice, nice. Brigitta and I met in an online forum um, that, that matches podcast guests and we're always looking for somebody who has not only um, a positive outlook that's fed by gratitude, but also something to share that's gonna really help our listeners. So Brigitte, tell our listeners just a little bit about what you do, um, tell us your story.
2: Absolutely. Well, Bunny, first of all, thank you for having me. Uh, Brigitte Höfle, I mean, you know, if you hear the name itself, it probably already gives you somewhat of an idea that I'm not necessarily from the United States. I am originally from Germany, so German by birth, uh, U.S. American by uh, design and by choice. Uh, we have moved, and when I say we, I mean my husband back then, our toddler daughter, and myself moved to the United States that was in 2004 to build a Montessori school. And um, I am an educator by heart. I love what I do. Uh, But first and foremost, I'm a mom. I uh, created the Montessori School of Cleveland because of my two children. And I, you know, we, we grew up well, I didn't grow up in Munich, but my husband and I had our lives, our our mutual lives together in Munich. We both worked in corporate Germany, and we said, when we, you know, when we were kind of a little bit fed up with the glasses half empty, we said, well, you know, we can buy into the glasses have half empty mentality, or we can do something different. And I really want to do something for my children. Being an educator, um, I wanted to build a Montessori school because funny, quite frankly, I wasn't the kid that was really good in school. I never, I was like the round peg that they were trying to fit into a square opening and they were pounding on me. At least that's what (laughs) it felt like to me. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure some of the listeners can relate to that. And, and, and I wanted my children not to feel like they're out of place because everyone on this earth has their place. Everyone on this earth has their own unique position that they're in. Some of us are able to find it. And a lot of us are, are not even in that position to have someone around them to go on that journey of what is, you know, who am I and what am I here to do? Um, so, you know, that's a little bit in a nutshell. Nowadays, I'm out of the day-to-day operations of the Montessori school because I learned, Bunny, that, Children are actually innocent by nature. It's the adults around them that have an influence on them, positive or negative. Right. And it's the adults around them that often screw them up, right? And kind of hinder them in truly becoming who they're intended to be. And that's when I lean more into other communication and education methodologies and and added them to my portfolio and that's when i created another educational fa- facility this time for adults so i have an educational facility for kids we have 125 students we grew over the pandemic uh, tremendously moved from our uh, school building into a bigger school building so we can accommodate uh, the the demand and the need and 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 then out of that, uh, I built the center of NLP to where it is today, but it was established in 1986. I'm not the founder of that center, um, but I have grown it uh, tremendously over the last four years. Well,
0: that's so interesting that we're, um, you know, I had no preconceived notions about um, what your background was, I, you know, I didn't, I had, I've watched your videos on YouTube and uh, thank you for those, but I, I had no idea. It's interesting though, that we talk about the realization you had that it's, it's not the kids that need the help. It's the parents, you know, uh, um, just last week we had a gentleman on the podcast who runs, ran a recovery center one of the most um for for kids in high risk high high risk like double suicide attempts or or substance abuse at a high level um you know violent issues and he said what i've learned over time is that it's it's the you know of course the family needs to be healed we hear that all the time but it's really the parents that need to figure out first who they are as humans, and then how to help their children. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and and what I, I, you know, I feel like I did a lot of parenting by the seat of my pants, um, you know, but luckily it worked out well. I guess that was a good place for me to parent from. However, I, um, I love the idea of um, starting at the root, of course, and having strong roots before you try to change children, especially small children.
2: Yeah, there, there's not, you know, we don't have to change because change is such a charged word. Because no is. one, no, everyone wants change, but no one wants to change, right? And, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> um, because, they're, you know, they're, they're pointing fingers. Oh, but my child needs to, you know, their are books written like, have a different child by Friday. How are you going to have a different child by Friday if the common denominator, aka the parents, are not changing? Right. If they're not adapting something that they're doing consistently with their children. Right. Often, often uh, one of the laws of NLP and there are many laws within NLP, and I'm going to touch on some of them today. But one of the laws of NLP is that it's all about expert modeling and our we as parents are expert models. We as business owners, we as leaders are expert models. And we are, if we want to or not, consciously or subconsciously, we're constantly modeling for others. So if we're modeling something that is not supportive, or a behavior that is not necessarily um, taking a another person that's watching that behavior, taking them to the next level, that's holding them back. I, I have a really funny story, but if I if I may share it. Please. Um, The other day, well, it feels like the other day, it was in June. In June, my husband and I, my husband and I have been married for 20 years now, and he took me to a small island um, off of Puerto Rico called Vieques. It's a tiny little island. It's not posh at all. It's got a lot of um, uh, wild horses. And the population, I think if it, if it's on the high end, it's like 9,000, and there's definitely more wild horses than there are people on the island. And it's very (laughs) cool. Oh my gosh. Beautiful. So, you know, one evening my husband and I were just taking a walk and taking a stroll in the, uh, along the roadside. And we sat down and just kind of watched the horses and the wildlife. And some of the people go by and just kind of sat there and, I'm in the far, um, I see a dog, and I and I'm like, oh, there's a dog. I haven't seen a dog. I've seen a lot of horses. I haven't seen a dog. And the dog keep comes running down the street, and I watch the dog, and I I find myself thinking and feeling pity for the dog, and I'm I'm looking at the dog as he's running, and uh, I'm I I'm, and and uh, I I think to myself, poor dog. He must be injured because his hind legs, he's doing something really funny with his hind legs, and he starts slowing down as he comes closer to a group of people, and he starts walking, and I'm continuing to watch him, and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Now he walks completely normal. What's going on with his hind legs? And then he picks up again and he starts running again. And, and I, I elbow my husband. I say, honey, look at this dog. And, and now he's watching the dog running and he goes, hi, must be injured. I said, I thought the same thing, but watch him until he walks again. And then he slows down again. He walks a little bit, walks totally fine. And he picks up running again. And then we both look at each other and go, oh my gosh, he's galloping. He's using his hind legs like a horse.
0: Because
2: he he's not, a horse, yeah. Yeah, because there are uh, not a whole lot of dogs around him, but uh-huh. there are a bunch of horses around him. So he's picking up what he is seeing and taking on as his reality of that's how I'm supposed to run. We do that as humans, and we pick up some behavior from other people that are not necessarily the best model for the situation that we're in.
0: Oh, that's exactly true. In fact, um, I I mean, I've I've been in instances before, and I know you have too. And and I've been thinking a lot about this recently. If you're with a group of people, regardless of your training, I think, or, or regardless of how hard you've worked on personal development, if you surround this, it's just the age old truism that if you surround yourself with people who see the glasses half empty or think there's not even a glass at all, you will begin to take on those traits. And that's why we do this. I mean, that's why we talk all the time, because you can't just hear this once. You can't just hear that gratitude and positivity and growth are important. You you we have to hear it over and over, and we have to have, we have to model it for others over and over. So That's so true, what you're talking about. It's so true that whatever you see and whatever you hear is what you will become if that's all you see and hear, right?
2: That's right. That's right. That's one reason why my husband and I said, we got to see something different. We got to move into a different country to see how we can surround ourselves with people that are not constantly seeing the glass half empty because as germans our mentality as a culture is very much so we're very we're a very risk averse culture right and we're also a very oh well you know let's play the devil's advocate and i found myself being in rooms where i was the smartest where i was the most elevated and i was done with it because there was no more growth for me and if there's no more growth for me then you know, if you don't continue to grow, you you'll start dying. And I didn't, I didn't want that. I didn't want that for me as a new parent. I didn't want that for our children growing up. And and that's why we took took the we took the leap of faith. And it really was, Bunny. It was a leap of faith. I mean, we did our business plan. We did everything that we needed to do to check off all of our um, check marks to move into another country. Was it always easy? No, it was not. Right. We didn't. We're not expats. We didn't come with a company that paid all of our stuff, you know, getting on a big ship uh, in a big container and moved everything to the United States. No, we that was on our own time and dime because we had a vision. And and uh, I remember a conversation with my father in law, um, who's a very you know, structured, very good old German man. And he said, what if you fail? And I said, yeah, what if we succeed?
0: And what if you fail? What if you fail? You'd go again. Isn't that interesting that, that, that to him, failing
2: was, meant the end? Right. And, and that's another law of NLP that I teach. There is no failure. There is a lot of feedback. And boy, Bunny, did I get a lot of feedback over the years. Well, <laughs> well let's 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 talk because I don't want to run out of
0: time. I know the NLP piece is so meaty. Explain to our listeners what those letters mean and what the practice, what the training and the practice means.
2: Yes. Okay. Great. So NLP, neuro-linguistic programming. Now, let me take that apart. Neuro is our brain. It's everything that's happening within our mind. Okay. So our thoughts, the things that we're thinking, the self-talk that we're having, all of that is happening right here. The information that we're storing, because we're constantly picking up information. There's about 2 million bits of information flying at us through our senses Into our brain, and we're either deleting, distorting, or generalizing that information in our little file cabinets, aka our brain. Okay, it's then being filtered through our experiences, through our beliefs of what we value, our culture, um, our baggage that we carry with us, right? Our memories, all of that. Are, all of those things are filters of what we make things mean. We give meaning to, your, you know, as, as, as the listeners are, are uh, listening to me right now, they're making up their mind how they feel about me, uh, what they think of what I'm saying. Um, are they really picking it up through their, all of their senses? Can they picture something as I'm speaking? So neuro is, you know, picture the brain. So that's the end. Linguistic is the communication. Now, communication, most people think it's something that I'm hearing. But if we look at the Moravian communication model, Albert Moravian has put high emotional communication in three components. Words, tonality, and body language. Words, tonality, and body language. Bunny, what do you think the listeners think is the most important of the, the those three components in our communication? I
0: suspect they think it's the words.
2: Yeah. Words right? is the smallest.
0: That's words what I suspected.
2: <laughs> yes. Body language is the largest, right? So, and, and tonality also plays a big, big part. So Albert Morabian put, uh, high emotional. So when we're in a high emotional state, when we're really angry, or we're really excited, or we're really, you know, whatever the emotion may be, our communication goes into these three components, words, tonality, body language, words is 7%. Body language is 38%. I'm sorry, tonality is 38%. And body language is 55%. Wow. So if I am not able to convey of what I really want the listeners to walk away with, and they only hear me, they do not see me. I only have about a half a, a, a chance of, of, of that. I half of the chance that I would if they would see me, if they would really get the full exposure and the full experience of me communicating. Right. So our communication is just as important in all three aspects as. The thoughts that we're thinking and the information that we're um, that we're uh, uh, keeping in our brain because our thoughts turn into our words, either outward or inward, because we talk to ourselves all the time. Well, at least I do. I don't know. I all do time. all <laughs> the I, time. Yes. I have a lot of thought.
0: <laughs> and, so, and sometimes not as kindly as I would like. But
2: yeah. Yeah. So we got to take. We're working. working on that. Yeah. Right. So you got to take inventory of those, of those words. Okay. Great. So that's the, that's the L. That's the linguistic. That's the communication. Programming is the P in NLP and the programming is the result of our thoughts and our communication that we have within our behavior. Because once we made up our mind and we communicated, it also, as I said, part of our communication is body language. It shows up in our behavior Mm -hmm. it shows up in how i speak it shows up in how we carry ourselves it shows up how we react to certain things so we have an in our thoughts and our communication has an impact on our own behavior and it also has an impact on other people's behaviors. We're constantly programming the people that are around us. That's that's exactly the point that I made earlier. Parents are programming their children. They might not call it a programming. TV, I mean, it's called TV programs. TV is programming our children, our adults, everyone. Social media is programming us. We're being programmed on in any given moment. Now we got to be aware. Do we like that expert model? Do we want to be programmed by that or do we not? But if we're not aware of it, we don't have that choice. It just goes right into our subconscious mind. So awareness is a big, big part. And, but people ask me, so where do I even start? Well, it's first of all, becoming aware. What are the, what's your own self-talk? Right? What's the, the own, what, what are the things that you're telling yourself? And like you said earlier, bunny, sometimes the words that we're telling ourselves are not as kind. So being aware of what in specific instances are we telling ourselves? I can do that. I cannot do that. This is easy. This is hard. This is silly. This is stupid, whatever right? Becoming aware of that is the first part to change.
0: Well, it's like telling yourself, oh dear, what if I fail? Maybe I should step away. What if I fail? What if I fail? That's really damaging self-talk. I mean, what's a replacement for what if I fail?
2: I was just going to ask you that. So there's a reframe, right? One of the strategies is finding reframes. What would be Mm -hmm. a great reframe? Oh, I'm not seeing as a failure. I'm seeing it as feedback. And when I see it as feedback, there's learning in that. And now I can actually grow with it.
0: That I just read another Seth Godin. Uh, you know, I read one of his rules recently where he said, he who fails the most or she is the winner because we don't realize that failure Failure. And I'm and I'm saying that in quotes because I don't believe in failure as much as I believe in opportunities. But every time you, quote unquote, fail, you're actually just providing yourself with another opportunity for growth.
2: That's exactly it. That yes. is exactly it that is exactly it. I spoke this weekend, um, this past weekend in Jacksonville in front of almost 1700 people. This was my first big event since the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And um, there were so many people in the room. And when I said that, they had like this, this absolute, you know, surprised look on their face. And I'm thinking, Oh my gosh! This is something completely new. They've never heard of this, wow. and and I'm flabbergasted by it because I've been living it for so long, and I'm still being reminded of how many more people. Just this little information that how many people still need to hear that until it oh, really
0: sticks in. My my husband, who who's who I think is perfect in a lot of different ways, is he when we got together and we haven't been together a long time, seven years, eight years, years—I not seven years at least. And, and the first time I had, you know, selling real estate like a mad dog. And the first time I had a deal falling apart, he said, Oh, are you, are you Oh, that's awful. Are you concerned? And I said, you know what? It's not failure if I don't quit. And he right. stopped me and he said, I've never heard anybody say that before. You know, you grew up in an, you know, he's, he's in a really traditional contractor builder um, career. And he said, what a difference it would have made in my professional life if I had known at 35 that it's not failure if you don't quit. It's just, and it's so simple. But so many people, like just like the, the crowd that you talk to, so many people haven't heard. I didn't hear it before I heard it the first time. But um, I'm, I'm sure, like you, I learned it from someone, a, a mentor who said, "Hey, you got just keep moving, keep moving. It's not failure if you don't quit. It's an opportunity."
2: Yes, exactly. And that's you know that's that's one thing as i was going th- building my business building the montessori school and having incredible staff and uh you know it's it's in a small town in tennessee the school is and being a montessori school it's not just you know having a an educator with a teaching degree it's got to be an educator with a teaching degree and a 3 year montessori curric- uh, a montessori diploma so i was going out and recruiting the best teachers and then paying for their three-year diploma that they were doing on the job and really integrating what they are learning within their position that they're in and i found bunny over and over i've been i was i I got great talent i got the most incredible teachers and they would stay for a year i would pay you know five thousand dollars for their diploma and and then they would go away, and then I would get more, and then I would get another teacher, and they would stay a year, and then they would go away. And I said, "Well, golly, you know, there's an opportunity here. Your employer, aka Brigida, the Montessori School of Cleveland, is paying for you no to kidding.
0: get kidding, right? Yeah, and, wow.
2: And I and I put my hands on my hips and I said, "Well, golly, these are little dummies for you know." <laughs> Right (laughs) up such a great opportunity. And this happened over and over, over years, for about four years. And I finally said, okay, I am now done at pointing fingers outward going, well, you guys are all dummies. I actually used another word that starts with I, but I'm going to use this word for right now. (laughs) You guys are all dummies. And I had to literally take my fingers from the outside and put them towards me. And I said, there's one common denominator here. And that is me. And one of the other law of NLP states, if you're not getting the results that you desire, you want to check in with your mindset. I'm going to say that again, because most people need to hear that. If you are not getting the results that you want for yourself in, pers- in your personal life, in your business life, it has nothing to do with anyone else but one person. And that is yourself. And it starts with your thoughts is what I said earlier, your thoughts lead to your words and your, learned, your words turn into your behavior. So you want to be as intentional as you possibly can. And that's exactly what NLP teaches. So I, 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 I said, okay, if it's me, if I am the one that's hindering and keeping these teachers, because as a private school bunny, it's when there's a huge turnaround in teachers, guess what also happens?
0: Yeah, you lose students, right?
2: Exactly. The parents get off and they're like, if she can't hold her teachers, I don't know what's going on there. We're pulling our kids out, right? And 2008 was a real problem. 2008 was a real problem on many levels. I didn't know if I was going to continue to have my school open. The realtors being the first ones that pull their kids out of my school. (laughs) So I really looked into, you know, so what does it? What is it that I don't know that I don't know? Where is the gap that I don't even know that I have? And I started really, you know, digging deep and going on a self journey. And that's when I found an LP and, and, and I realized, okay, so these are the missing pieces. And as I was learning them and as I was teaching my staff and starting to really speak, the it's not just one language, it's coded language. We all speak a different coded language and being able to pick that up and speak it to my staff, that's when I realized, oh, my gosh, that was the missing link all along, but no one told me. So then I, of course, took on, you know, speaking to other to speaking to Montessori associations and saying, this is the way we need to integrate this in our staff, we need to integrate this for our parents, we need to integrate this um, in our school. And a lot of the laws we are integrating into the Montessori schools because our children need to learn it from a young age on. They need to learn that there are no problems that need to be solved. Of course we need to solve problems. But if if there's if we're focusing on the problem, we're not focusing on the solution. We're only focusing on the failure or the not failure. Right. And not right. on the feedback and not on the learning.
0: Right. Right. In fact that's um when I, I've coached some real estate realtors before. And you know one of the laws I learned early on is and I learned it in my own career, is if you can focus on the solution instead of the problem, then you're, you're. I'm sorry, but you're damn near there. I mean, that's the, we tend to, um, you know, wake up in the middle of the night and focus on all the problems. You know, my team's yeah. not doing this, my clients aren't doing this, my bank account's not doing this. Instead of what's the solution, if there's so much, there's so much hope in focusing on the solution, and there's so, so much more action available to us. If you're only focusing on the problem, you're not moving forward in any way. I but agree. I can't imagine how that is with students and, yeah. and educators especially, yes.
2: So when you, when you have an impact on educators and you're teaching them the NLP laws of success, that's huge, right? What I said earlier, it's, it's the adults around the kids that have an impact and maybe even screw them up in air quotation marks. There's great adults around our kids that also have a very positive impact. But if we, the more we can teach our, our, um, teachers, the more we can teach our parents, the more we can open their eyes that there are other ways of doing things and that not all children can be put in one box and be taught one specific way because you cannot put all parents in one box. It's just not possible.
0: Oh, no, no, we're, we're not one size fits all. Well, what about, uh, so you said in the beginning that you felt like you were a round peg trying to be pounded into a square hole. I mean, I, I mean look at you, you're still, in, now you're incredibly successful, but um, if you had known and if your parents had known the laws that you now know what, what, what would have been different for you?
2: Oh, what would have been different? That's a great question. I, I personally think I might not be and, and, and be as be the driver and be as tenacious as I am. Cause I would be already equipped with it. Now, one thing that I do know, because my dad, my dad was a missionary mm-hmm. um, and he always placed this thought as I was a little child, he always said, you're a tool for humanity. And for the longest time, I didn't even know what that meant. I was like, okay, you know, if what, that what, a,
0: what a great thing to say to you from as a small child.
2: But I didn't know what it meant. Mm-hmm. And I, I asked often, what does that mean? And he says, you'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. And you know, I was I was brought up in a family that was not limited. I remember, you know, I was going in, in Germany, you can choose between three high schools. If you're gonna go through ninth grade and then continue a vocational path, you're gonna go through tenth grade and become like a, a realtor or an insurance person or just any other bureaucratic, maybe a bank personnel, bureaucratic uh, um, employee, or you can go to university. That means you're going through 13th grade and then you go to university and you take that path. So at, on, in fifth grade, you have to make that choice. Am I going to go through ninth grade, 10th grade or 13th grade? Right. And I'm overwhelmed. I'm like this. Oh, in fifth grade, how old are you in fifth grade like? 11 maybe?
0: 10 or 11. Wow. What a time to have to make that decision.
2: I know. So I looked at my mom and I said, if I make up my mind now, what I want to be, because I thought, well, maybe I'll go and be in hospitality and work in a hotel and travel around the world. Right. I thought that was cool at the time. And I said, if I do that, if I decide to do that now, mommy, do I have to do that for the rest of my life? That was a terrifying thought bunny for me. Right?
0: I it's a ter- Yeah, I agree. I, I'm with you.
2: <laughs> so and, 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 there are, and there are kids, you know, I just turned 50 the other day. There are kids that went to school with me that still live in the same little village that I grew up with 600 people. A beautiful beautiful village surrounded by vineyards right she took on uh the 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 family business of of making wine i mean beautiful business but she never got out and i was like terrified oh my gosh what if i never get out of here right what if i never make it anywhere and i didn't want to be put in that box and then have to stay in that box for the rest of my life and i will remember to this day my mom said oh honey no, you're not going to do that for the rest of your life. I know that you're not going to do that for the rest of your life. And I honestly, I did that for two weeks. I graduated school. <laughs> I, graduated school. I went to work for one of the most prestigious hotels in our area. And I remember in the first two days, I had a pick pickup. They had two poodles. I had to pick up their dog poop. And I was like, I'm out. I am not doing this. Forget it. <laughs> Thank God. So I think the bottom, the core of it is that it was my purpose to find that deeper meaning. And my my parents held that space. And they allowed me to find that deeper meaning myself. And that perpetuates in my family. Like both of my children, the oldest has already graduated the entrepreneurial high school. They are they're being modeled what it means to be an expert communicator on a daily basis. And um, I'm actually uh, posting something on my social media today of a video that I did with my daughter yesterday, my 16 year old daughter, because I interviewed her and I asked her, so, you know, what is it that you do daily? What are your daily rituals? What are your daily habits that really get you to where you want to go for that week? And she says, well, every evening, I do a debrief and I, I asked her, so what is a debrief? And she says, I journal and I look at what worked and what didn't work. And then I'll do more of what worked tomorrow. And I look at my mindset and I look at my attitude and I'll do more of that tomorrow. And I leave what I don't need behind. I never wow, she's sixteen. Her that. I never taught her that. Right. But she saw it. I mean, she saw you model that for
0: her. That's brilliant. I love that.
2: Right. So if we can pat if I can pass that on
0: mm-hmm.
2: to my kids, I know other people can do it, too. That's the whole idea of of expert modeling. If one person can do it, Bunny, you can do it. Anyone can do it.
0: Right. A- absolutely. And 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 you have to make first of all, You like you said, you have to you have to be aware. Yep. You have to understand how how your brain works and how language works and certainly I know a tiny little bit about NLP but I just think you know I I always want our listeners to hear really practical information about how they go forward from here and how they grow I'm I'm a big believer in personal growth and and when I meet people who aren't growing I'm like what what are you I don't even know how you get up in the morning if you're not I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. But um, you have to not only be aware, but you have to make a conscious decision, I think, on a daily basis.
2: It's that. And if you don't know what you're at, which crossroads you are, because you're not aware, then you Mm -hmm. cannot make a conscious decision. Now your subconscious mind is taking the path of least least resistance and just goes down that path because I've always done it that way. And that's how it perpetuates of not putting it in air quotations mark again, not changing and not growing,
0: and not taking risks and being uh, fearful of failure and just fearful. I I think that if you're not I, and I and I you know like I said I'm no expert except for me, but if I'm not in a growth mindset and if i'm not in aware if, if i'm not aware of what i'm doing uh, on a daily basis there is some sort of a shift towards fear does your subconscious move you towards fear is that is that it's, how it
2: works well in in if we look at human psychology and and human behavior we are driven by the fight or flight Right, that's mm-hmm. our reptile brains, and unless we consciously make that decision, I don't want to go into a fight or flight um, uh, reaction because it's reactionary. Mm-hmm. Then I gotta, I also gotta look at the scenarios or the potential scenarios. If I get to that uh, place again, what do I want to do different? So it's already we're imagining it, we're making up. If I get into the situation again, what do I want to do different? Like I did, I'll give you a quick example. Uh, one of my coaching clients last week, um, we, we did a little exercise of becoming aware of what her rage moment is and what is it triggered by, right? So, so now we, within the, um, within the exercise, she became aware of what triggers rage. And then we looked at, OK, so there's a trigger. What comes after that? What are the sequences? What are the things that she's either hearing, seeing or feeling after she's being triggered and going into that rage? And then what is the outcome? And often the outcome is always the same, like a door is slammed. You know, uh, words are said that don't want to be said. So we looked at the whole strategy from from beginning to end. And the different elements and pieces that lead to the result. And often the result is not a positive or supportive result. Mm -hmm. So now that we know, okay, here's the beginning, here's the middle, here's the end. Now we looked at, so which elements within that strategy can you change? And let's look at the easiest one to change. So you're now being aware of what triggers you going into rage. That's the first part, right? Being aware, this is what's triggering me. Now you're already alert of, "Uh uh-oh, I'm about to go into this strategy. Now, what do you want to do different? And I asked her, so if now that you're being aware, this pushes you over the edge, what are you going to do different? And she says, hmm. And she was really stuck. She was really blocked. And I said, What do you do sometimes just to get you yourself centered? And she says, I love to do yoga. And I said, great. In yoga, sometimes you just have to get yourself centered again because you're so out of breath or, you know, something comes up and you're getting out of your mindset. And she says, I just uh, sit down and breathe and really concentrate on my breathing. And I said, okay, great. So you already know how to do that. She says, yes, I do yoga almost on a daily basis. Great. So I took something that she already knows how to do, and I I asked her. I said, how would that make sense? Once you get triggered going into a rage moment, you're just taking a moment and breathe. And she says, oh, I can do that. So we replaced the next thing once she's triggered with rage just to take a step back and breathe. And then she added to it, and she says, actually, I want to sit on the ground, crisscross applesauce, and breathe. And then see what happens. So I said, "Okay, great." So we're taking one step at a time. Try that out. The same day, she's texting me in the afternoon, and she said, "I already sat down on the floor twice today, and Brett, and taking a deep breath and staying there, and I am so surprised that it was that easy getting me out of anger into a place of just being calm." If She would have not been aware. She would have gone down the same strategy again. It is us becoming aware of what pushes us over the edge and what can we do different. And it doesn't have to be a big difference. Oh, tiny steps, right? It's just, I...
0: I... It's so powerful and people are so, you know, it's it's the same thing as believing in an overnight success. No, it's, you're not an overnight success. You have to take tiny, you have to take tiny, tiny steps in the right direction. And the things you're talking about are so practical. Don't you think that when she sat down, her body already had a memory. It already had a a visceral response of immediate calm Yes, because she had done that so many times already exactly
2: it's not that far away but we have to be aware of it and we have to often we're so in it we we're so driven by our strategies that we don't even know the way out right and then we we listen to some people that go oh you just got to stop it or oh you just got to heal well right. you know how, well how do you even do that right. well it's
0: that's um that's interesting advice, but it's not particularly helpful.
2: No, not. <laughs> you know, no, it's really not. Yeah, the 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 awareness is a big part. The awareness of what we're thinking, the awareness of what we're saying, the actions that we're then taking, and the results that we want. Right there's a there's a success strategy that we got as humans gotten really really good at misusing, and the success strategies is. Thoughts lead to feelings, feelings lead to actions, actions lead to results. Now, when I say we as humans gotten really good at misusing it, we often, you know, choose the thoughts because we're not, we're not aware that we can think this thought or the other thought, a non-supportive or supportive thought that leads us to a, an action that will either, you know, depending on the thought, support us or not support us that will get us into a result that we either like or don't like. So if we do not like the results that we're getting, we got to check in with our mindset again. That's the whole idea of NLP. That, and that that's, in a nutshell.
0: And that's what you did when your teachers were disappearing. You know, when you get, when you get a bad result over and over and over, then at some point you've got to figure out that perhaps you're part of that common denominator. <laughs> yep. that's so hard. That it's was so, hard. It is hard.
2: <laughs> that was uncomfortable. It was hard. It was. It and in the beginning, I didn't even know where to look for. I didn't even know what to look for because you know it's a silly saying. We don't know what we don't know, but it's true. It's so true. It is right. Yes. and and, and I found that uh, within my mentor of you know, and he's in direct lineage of the founders of NLP that I just became so much more aware of the, all the things that I have not been taught in school and all of the things that I want to teach in school and, and really make a difference in, in children's lives because I can't remember who sang it. I believe the children are our future. Was it Whitney Houston? I don't know. I think so. The children are our future, but if we pass on our baggage, if we pass on our negative experiences, if we pass on our, I call it stinking thinking, to our kids, then that perpetuates it, and that also perpetuates our future. So it starts with me. It starts with even each individual.
0: So, Brigitte, we... um I- this, this always happens to me. I think, wait a second, I, I need like two hours to talk to you about this, but we're going to, so we're going to have to have you back. But, and then, and what I want to do next time is talk really specifically about business, about how somebody can apply these principles to their business to they Because I know that like me, you really believe I, in fact, I'm looking at my notes here. You said you really, you love to help others start their business and be successful. I, I, I I am so driven to help people find success, but I want to talk about um if if our listeners are either parents or grandparents or educators, what are some concrete things? Talk about a few um, laws of NLP and things that you can do somebody could start doing this evening yes. with their kids or this week. let's talk about actionable. Thing, and maybe there are a couple of books that you or, or I, listen, we're going to post your link. So maybe they can just call you and get the help directly. But if you were talking to a friend of yours who had small children or middle-aged children, uh, middle-aged, middle aged children, middle age, middle school aged children, I'm a middle aged child. Um, what 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 would you want them to hear today?
2: And this applies would be helpful? to parents and this applies to business people, because the, the, the strategies are the same throughout the, the board. No, number one, know your outcome, know what you're aiming for, maybe for your little child, for your middle, for your middle school child, for your adolescent child, for your grown child. It does not matter. Know what you're aiming for. Know your outcome. Number one, number two, take intentional steps towards that outcome. And that often means that we got to break it down. So if we want our child to do X, Y, Z, we got to break it down in action steps and not think that we can climb, uh, Mount Kilimanjaro in one leap. That's not happening. It never does. Right. Number three is be most flexible. The person, this is, this is the great. If you don't learn any other laws of NLP, this is the greatest law of NLP. The person with the most flexibility controls the system. So, when you're most flexible in your communication, in the thoughts that you're thinking, in the awareness that you're having, and the actions that you're taking, the more you're going to get to your results. It is like imagine a bamboo. A bamboo stands strong in its in its length and its and its core. It's rooted in its roots, which, as humans, is our values and yet it is flexible to sway in the wind in asia they use bamboo to build high rises rather than rebar that's how flexible bamboo is wow so be a bamboo but stay rooted in your in your in your values as a parent and as a business owner that is huge because i have people when they first hear that that go So you want me to be a chameleon and you want me to be inauthentic? Nope. That is not what I'm saying. Your authenticity is part of your roots, you being most flexible. So you can build rapport with the other person. And often we have to rebuild rapport with our kids. We have to rebuild rapport with our team members. We have to rebuild rapport with our clients. If we know how to build that rapport. Maybe that's something that we can start talking about the next time. Uh, How do you, what's the strategy of rapport? Mm -hmm. Once you can do that, you can take actionable steps and stay flexible. Have flexibility in your psychology, which is your, the thoughts that you're thinking in your brain, your, your, your neuro and your physiology, your body language, and when you can own that and you can flex in and out and stay rooted in your authenticity, in your values, that's 80% right there. So it's, it's, that, it's that simple.
0: <laughs> that, that is so, I, I, I am a, um, a, a, um, certified U-squared coach and U-squared is just a, a. a small book that was written by a doctor who is, he, he talks about aiming points all the time. And if we don't know our aiming point, when you said you have to know your outcome, I I got to tell you, I think there's a huge portion of the population that don't really know what outcome they want to achieve. They have this vague idea. They want their kids to be better. They want their kids to be happier. They want their kids to be more fulfilled, more capable of making hard decisions. You know, I remember when Johanna was little, one of my outcomes I wanted was just that when we when we met strangers, when I was with her, when we walked up to a counter, that she would feel empowered to communicate with people. That she would put her hand out and say, hi, my name is Johanna, that she would look people in the eye. That's a really specific outcome. Yes. However, a lot of people are like, I don't know, I just... I just have this vague idea of how I want them to be. So deciding outcomes. Yes. Be specific because if you don't know where you're going, you're going to land somewhere completely unpredictable, right? That's right. Yeah. Can we talk for one second about self-talk too? Because I think that we don't teach our kids how to speak kindly to themselves because Mm -hmm. we don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. And I know that's a whole that's an entire episode of its own. But you know, I, I I heard somebody say once, if we had a boss who treated us the way that we treat ourselves, we'd quit.
2: Yes. That's exactly we keep ourselves
0: up in the middle of the night saying, how talking so terribly to ourselves.
2: How dare how dare he talk or she talk to me like that? Right. We'd yeah, quit. We'd, we'd walk boss. away. Yeah. Yeah. So in, 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 in everything, it comes back to awareness because often we're not even aware that we're saying, oh, you know, I can't do that or I am not destined to do that or I am not, you know, I am not this. I am not that we're we're telling we're limiting ourselves in our self-talk of what we are not. And the universe does not provide to what we're not. The universe provides to what we are so the more affirmations the more clear you can be who are you and what are you destined to do the better it, it is
0: can you say that part again the universe provides
2: the uni- i don't even know what i said the universe provide the universe rewards one thing and one thing only those the results to those that are being specific in a positive you've got to state it in a positive Yes, your specificities got to be in a positive, not what you don't want, but what you are declaring that you are not what you want, but what you are. I have my clients this morning. I asked um, we have a a kickstart every Monday morning and I asked my clients, so what is it that you're creating this week? And one of my clients said, well, I want one sale this week. I said, "Okay. well, a you know, by when, B, how much is the sale? And what would what would you say rather than saying I want a sale, I am selling my course of X amount of dollars by Friday, October, whatever. Right. That is so specific that the universe knows this is this is a declaration. It is or it has already happened. The brain cannot differentiate An event that has been vividly imagined—what you see, hear, and feel—it's not one or the other; it's see, hear, and feel. Or if you have actually already gone there, been there, and done that, the the brain cannot differentiate. So when you're declaring and saying, "I am," "I am making a sale," "I made a sale on October X Y Z of X amount of dollars." it's a done deal.
0: Isn't that amazing? And yet it's true. It's so true. It's, it is so true. We're going to have to stop because we're going to run out of time, but you got to come back. We have to do this again. This is so much fun. I want to read a couple of things very quickly as we end. I love this. You said that you're German by birth, an educator at heart, an action taker by default, a coach and trainer by purpose, a life lover by design. That's my favorite line in there is that you, and then you say, and a caring boss lady by passion, but the part where you say a life lover by design, I, we have to design, we have to decide to love our lives. Yeah. And I love that you and I got to spend this time together. Thank you so much Brigitta. we'll do this again.
2: Thank you Bunny, thanks for having me.
0: That's all we've got today friends. I wanna thank you for joining the Life Saving Gratitude Podcast with your host, Bunny Terry, that's me, and my producer and assistant, Johanna Medina. We feel like we're in the business of sharing the stories that save us. And we hope you'll share as well by letting your friends and family know about the podcast. Follow and like us wherever you listen and please take the time to leave a review. Whether it's a stellar comment or a suggestion, we are open to suggestions all the time. Also follow us on Instagram at Lifesaving Gratitude Pod. You can also follow me personally at Bunny Terry Santa Fe. You can sign up at my website at BunnyTerry.com to receive weekly emails about how to become the ultimate gratitude nerd. Thanks so much for checking in.